Do you ever wonder how great leaders in the community make things happen? When they encounter new unexpected challenges like a pandemic, how do they continue to successfully make an impact? Welcome to That Sounds Terrific, the podcast that connects you with these amazing people. Get insights on what they do to meet their goals. Find out how you can help them in their mission and learn their methods so you can be more successful at what you do. Welcome to That Sounds Terrific with host Nick Koziel. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of That Sounds Terrific. Joining me today is Alan Carraway. He's from Focal Point Coaching in Alaska, of Alaska. He's the amazing Alan Carraway. Uh, Car- we'll take your cares away. Love it. Um, but I wanted to have you on the show for so many different reasons. One being um, that we have this great rapport from like start to finish, like every conversation we ever had. Um, you make me laugh. Um, you do some great things in your coaching and you've got some great projects going on. So why don't you just take a, uh, you know, this time to kind of give a quick introduce, uh, introduction to yourself here. So welcome. sure. Absolutely. Um, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Uh, Alan Carraway. I, um, I like to say that for the last 20 some odd years, I've either been in business or teaching it. Uh, I started my first business when I was 17 years old, uh, out of a local high school, uh, actually a local community and trade high school. <clears throat> that honestly saved my high school diploma. I was probably pretty much ready to be done with school before before that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so I started a, a, a DJ business, a radio and video production business um, that lasted very shortly. Uh, I had a vending business for a while, and then I had a chain of cafes here in town for about 16 years. Mm-hmm. And a little fun fact for y'all, Alaska, Anchorage, Alaska is the most competitive landscape for coffee in the world. There are more coffee shops per capita right here than there are anywhere else. <laughs> Very nice. That's where I have to go to get a good cup of joe then, I guess, huh? You'll definitely find one. <laughs> but yours absolutely. was the best. Uh, absolutely. And and I um, I was not bashful about telling people that we had the best coffee in the whole building. <laughs> very nice yes <laughs> the most terrific coffee anywhere in these four walls we were the most okayest coffee in town <laughs> now we had a very good reputation i i, <laughs> I joke but uh, i i had a 100 um you know money back guarantee satisfaction guarantee i'd make somebody drink 10 times if they didn't like it if they're like oh it's just a little too much vanilla oh a little too less vanilla oh, i don't care <laughs> I, to me my yeah. signature was on every cup i made and my purpose in life was not to sell coffee. My purpose in life is, you know, to help, right? To to make people happy. And and even in in that environment, even if I could just take their, you know, it was in a medical building. My uh, my first and last location was in a medical building. So a lot of times I'm seeing people on some of the worst days of their life. Mm-hmm. And if there's anywhere in that building that they wanted to go, it was to see me. Mm-hmm. So that was. Uh, truly an, an exercise in, in joy and human servitude. Yeah, I mean, that's why I wanted to talk to you, because it really is a joy to talk to you. Um, you get that sense all the time in every conversation I've had with you. I mean, even before we started recording and even when we started recording, um, <laughs> I was just laughing um, so hard that I can't even get the intro out. Right. I, I'm addicted so, to joy. Yeah. Well, and that it comes through. And that's what you we need more of in this world. So I wanted my guests to hear more about you. So you so you started this this coffee chain as your sort of second business at a at a um high school. Oh, yeah. And um 
left you, the story half finished in that it's it's okay it's okay because <laughs> like there's so much there right we know we're um, doing every second here we have a perfect right. agenda and and here it is right but like i feel like just what you were just talking about how to get that right cup of coffee and make someone feel good like especially on like the worst day of their life being in mm-hmm. you know a hospital or you know whether it's for themselves or or you know a parent or a friend or, you know or another family member um sometimes a simple thing like a cup of coffee can make or break your day right 100 <laughs> percent, yeah you get a bad one man and you'll hear about it yeah like if somebody in your office gets a bad coffee i mean it's like oh my gosh i got this coffee and blah 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 it tastes like dirt and <laughs> i can't i can't make it to the meeting today i got a bad coffee this morning it's just you know yeah yeah you know like, i pulled you over well i had a bad coffee this morning i think that's probably why it's like in the movie elf with will ferrell the best coffee ever so <laughs> yeah oh man so okay let's let's get back on track here but um so so you you had a you, you had your coffee shop you, where where yeah. to next what happened after that well i think it was it was working in the coffee shop where i realized that when i was when i was younger i i was skilled in teaching but i think i was afraid of teaching uh for all the wrong reasons um you know growing up in the 1980s teachers were not necessarily as universally loved as they are today mm-hmm. um and uh, growing up in a, in a family, my, my father was the first to get off of the, you know, dirt ground cabin in the rural South. Um, the, for me, I, 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 I set my sights on gold, but when I was working and, and really getting a chance to serve other human beings, it made me realize how much I truly enjoyed teaching and sharing the few small things I figured out to do, how to do in my life. And so I started coaching. I started coaching businesses. I've, I've done that for the better part of 10 years now. <clears throat> I did it. Uh, I got an opportunity to work with the, um, the small business development centers, which if you're not familiar with them, mm-hmm. America's SBDC is a great resource. Um, SBDCs are all over the country. They're chartered with a um, grant through the Small Business Administration, and they provide free services mm-hmm. to all, business, um, all businesses that qualify. Mm-hmm. So by all means, rec- I, I recommend checking them out. And then, uh, you know, just a little bit ago, I branched out on my own and uh, found Focal Point and uh, decided to bring that to the state of Alaska. And the rest is history. It's been <laughs> absolutely magical. I've coached hundreds of businesses in my times all across the spectrum about anything you can think of, from uh, salads and mason jars to, you know, uh, how do I how do I start my own oil company? Mm-hmm. <laughs> How would you you do that? Well, what kind of oil would you like to mine? (laughs) Wesson oil? Okay, go to the grocery store. And uh... (laughs) how did you come over, you know, overcome, not come over? How did you overcome? How do I do my comb over? Is that what you mean? Yes, exactly. We need to know. as the listeners of the podcast have to go to YouTube to see that, but no, I, I like, how did you overcome like, you know, your, you know, sort of fear of teaching and, and, and like that, you know, that impasse. That is an excellent question. And it is super hard because in every interaction that we have, especially with somebody brand new, there's an opportunity for absolute disaster. Mm-hmm. That we could say something that will set them on their heels or make them angry or whatever. But there's also an opportunity to make a friend. 
Mm -hmm. And I, so I think for me, it was a, being able to just tap into that universal love for humanity that I have. You know, I unconditionally love every person I've ever met. I may not like some of them, or I may not want to be around them or want them around me, but I love them. And mm -hmm. I believe that they deserve respect and happiness and all of those things. So for me, in a situation when I step in front of an audience, like some people say, imagine them all in their underwear or something like that. Well, that's not me. <laughs> I just imagine every one of those strangers in that room is a friend that I haven't met yet. Mm -hmm. And I, I try to universally love them. That's a good, good way to look at it. And a good, good, you know, mentality they have. It's kind of like that, um, you know, not quite like turn the other cheek. I'm trying to figure out where I'm going with this. It's kind of like, you know, Trying to come up with a cheeky comment, are you? Cheeky comment. No, you really just want to expect or, you know, push out the best in people and, and look for the best in every situation. And, and I love that. That's awesome. You know, something else that popped in my head and I was kind of looking really quickly for is when you were talking about uh, the joy of teaching and how they're not as respected as they were, you know, are, or how they're more respected today than they were. It made me think of this comic. And I'll just pull it up really quick to share. Um, uh -oh. But do you remember that? Have you ever seen this? Yes. Yep. Yep. So, um, yep. It, and it's funny because I would update this picture for today even more with putting the administration sometimes right. uh, also pointing, explain these bad grades, right? So for those that can't see this, this comic, you know, in 1969, it used to be explain these bad grades and the parents are kind of looking down at the child. And now today it's explain these bad grades and the, the parents are pointing to the book and, 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 you know, really taking it to the teacher with a proud child standing next to it. So yeah. It's just funny perspective, right? <laughs> um, and being that, you know, I have a wife that's a teacher and and I work at, at a university and, you know, those types of things. It is interesting, like, um, kind of where over time, you know, different, you know, cultures and different people, like, growing up in generations have, like, viewed education differently and viewed mm -hmm. training people differently, um, so the question that I'm building up to here is in your coaching in your business coaching, how do you, um, you know, what's your tactic for working with these, with different people, right? Not always the same tactic. Well, I mean, yes and no. I mean, I don't necessarily know which tools I'm going to deploy in any particular given engagement with, uh, with a potential client. Mm -hmm. But I think that I do approach them all the same way. And, and if I were to describe that process, I, I guess it would be like a golden retriever. You know, mm -hmm. I got my mouth shut, my tail wagging. <laughs> um, or another metaphor I like to use is I show up like a tourist looking for directions. Sometimes, like especially in referrals, you know, somebody refers somebody to me. They might be like, hey, Alan, listen. All right. All right. Come here, buddy. We, we got to talk. So this guy's really messed up. Here's the situation. They got blah, 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 blah. They got employee problems. They can't keep anybody in the door. Their inventory is walking out, blah, blah. And anyways, but then I walk into that conversation with that person, even after the referral, and I know all that background information. I'm like, so tell me what's working really well for you. Mm -hmm. You know, what's the best thing that you've got going on right now? What are you, what are you the most excited about? All right. Now, what are you the most afraid of? You know, what's, what's, what are you, what are you finding your organization struggling with? Mm-hmm. And, and in that process, I found that, that there's, 
there are some coaches that will come into that situation with a predestined solution. Mm -hmm. Like, all right, we have employee issues, so I'm going to deploy a communications program and uh, employee learning program and et cetera, et cetera. But regardless of whether or not that's the right option, mm -hmm. it's not the right option until the 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 client, the business owner is ready for it. Yeah. And if I do my job perfectly, I mean perfectly, not great. If I do my job perfectly, you never know I helped you because mm -hmm. you come up with the ideas. I help you find the idea that works right for you. And the benefit awesome. there, the difference is, is that I'm not the person coming in and giving you a solution that you don't own, that mm -hmm. doesn't belong to you. But by helping you find the right solution for yourself, your idea, you love it. You mm -hmm. know, like um, uh, there's a great quote by uh, Leonard Cohen where he talks about the, the truest authenticity that we have is, is, is that that idea comes from us. It's our own mm -hmm. idea. To me, I kind of see myself more like Mr. Miyagi. After the fight's over, I kind of fade into the background. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And I also feel like that's that that teach someone to fish kind of mentality too. Um, but even a little bit further, you're not like necessarily showing the rod and, and the reel and how to do the hook. They're kind of figuring it out on their own and you're supporting yeah. them, right? And yeah. going back to how your referrals and how some of them work, it makes me wonder when when you got me as a referral, like oh, this Nick guy, he's got a podcast. He doesn't know it at all. <laughs> you need to help him. You, you, he needs you. He needs you to help him and support him through trying to figure out what the heck is going on in his business, his life and his podcast. But um, no, I had to go back to that. Um, but no, I, I love that approach because you're right. Um, there is more ownership in that when like, you know, with, with a lot of people, you know, um, who doesn't like their own idea, right? Yeah. <laughs> so very cool. Yeah. Um, so speaking of referrals and things like that, how like do you normally, you know, connect with, uh, you know, your potential clients and what kind of things are you looking to help with? Well, that's another good question. Um, uh, to, to answer the first part, I just I show up in the community on a constant basis. Um, the way I've structured my business, I spend half of my time doing revenue generating activities, seeking clients and stuff like that. The other half of my time, I actually give freely to the community. Um, I provide free coaching through programs here in town. Um, like uh, there, there's some accelerator programs that I support. Uh, there's a local incubator that I spend an entire morning at. Uh, so I show up to the community first and foremost. I I put myself out there, um, and and so I think that that makes me visible, and people seek me out. Um, also, I um, I am a uh, proponent of a technique that a colleague of mine developed called the Champions List. There's a great book called Champions Never Make Cold Calls. It's on Amazon, mm -hmm. and uh, it's. It's it's basically uh, how how you really love on your your contacts and and honestly that's what it is it's it's not it's not transactional I'm not reaching out to people trying to get them to refer to me I'm just being a friend I'm just showing up with high value and low attachment and offering whatever assistance I can and that's been very for, um, uh, fortuitous for me. Yeah, I mean, it's what drew me in to talk to you so much, you know, 
um, is the genuine, um, like you have a genuine need to help. I feel it's not just the genuine availability or, um, you know, offer of helping and supporting. I, I feel like you thrive on that energy and it's so awesome to be able to kind of feel sort of an instant comfort when you're talking to, to Alan, he takes your cares away. That's going to be the theme <laughs> and the title of this episode. Um, we're going to, we're going to have to make that a tagline or something. Yeah. Yeah. So take no, your cares away with focal point. Yeah. Focal point. <laughs> we'll take your cares away. So, but I think, um, that may include laughing, hysterics, extra free time, better yeah. relationships with friends and family and great success at work. <laughs> I just see you like, hi, I'm not a doctor and I haven't played one on TV, but I did stay at a holiday Inn express. Though. Yes. So, so, but I think that there's like, um, there's many different types of coaches. Uh, we've had a bunch on the show and they all have their little niche areas and their different methods. Um, you know, some are more, like you said, structured than others with like, here's, here's the plan, right? Here's my, you know, my, my three-step program, right? So <laughs> yeah. um, to kind of go back to like, you know, Napoleon Dynamite there. Um, but like, I think that um, it's important to, to kind of show up the way that you're showing up and to have that genuineness because you get more referrals from that, right? You get more people that are interested and maybe it's a slow burn. Um, but I think that that is, is great and commendable. So, so thank you. Well, if I could just take a step back here, sure. I just, I just want to make a slight correction. And, okay. and this is, um, this is important to me, not really important to the rest of the world, but my goal in life is not to get referrals. You know, oh, my goal yeah. in life is not even to get clients. My, my purpose, and I just want to live in a better world. I genuinely mm -hmm. want to live in a better world, a world where people are maybe just a little bit kinder to each other. The world's just a little bit more accessible for those of us mm -hmm. with, like me, with severe neurodiversity and things like that. I just genuinely want to live in a better world. And I recognize that that, that better world requires effort, that it requires a lot of people doing things that are very uncomfortable. And so my goal in life is just to show up and do my part in that regard, in the way that I see that I can provide the biggest benefit and the biggest value for this planet. So that's my goal. <clears throat> and along the way, and the reason that I separate it like that is, let me tell you a story about a, a, a client that I'm working with. I met this young young kid. He's you know in his 20s. So everyone's young to me now, the older I get. <laughs> Looking like the old man lives up here on this mountain here. Yeah, you dang kids, get out of my raspberry pitch. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so this uh, this kid was referred to me. And uh, and so I meet with him and I'm chatting with him and everything. And he's talking about, you know, I, I'm I'm hoping that I can get up to, you know, three or $4,000 a month. So I'm looking at it. I'm like, all right. So there's not really a lot of room for a coach in this conversation. Mm -hmm. But whatever, I'm going to talk to him and help him. And I, I, I completely open about what I do and everything. I let him know what my fee structure looked like. And he came back and he says, you know, what if I, you know, I, I, if I could give you one quarter of your monthly retainer, would you meet with me once a month? Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? That's an amazing, an amazing idea, but I don't think that'll work. I think you need more help than that. But I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll take what you're offering and I'm going to coach you every single week, but I'm going to make you a counter offer. How much do you make in what you're doing? How much do you charge for your services? And he says, about 44 bucks an hour. And I says, okay, and is that what you want it to be? 
And he's like, well, in a few years, I'd like to see it get up to around a hundred bucks an hour. I says, okay, I'm mm -hmm. going to pay you that right now. So here's the deal. I'm going to take what you're giving me. And at a hundred dollars an hour, you don't owe me a thing. You owe the universe the difference in service, whatever that means to you. Do you want to go down to the soup kitchen and hand out soup for 23 hours a month? Cool. Do you want to go, you know, or whatever? Do you want to go um, teach origami at the senior <laughs> center? Cool. Whatever you want to do, put good into the universe and do so and quantify in, in, in the quantity of time that, that you are missing. And you know what? You don't owe me a thing. You paid full price. You can look the world in the eyeballs. And the best part is you make the world a better place. And that is what this podcast is all about. Like something that you just, you're just doing, you know, giving back and you're coaching, helping someone be a better business person, but you're also coaching to them to be a better person. That's more mm -hmm. interactive and impactful in their community. Um, which hopefully will be another way to pay it forward um, is that other people will lead by that example that that person exactly. is doing. So you know, I love it. Oh, sorry. No. I just wanted to add where that comes from is I think it was really during the recent pandemic. I don't know if it was, you know, the first three or four or five, 10 years of the pandemic, whatever. But um, I looked around and I realized on December 20th, you go to the soup kitchen and everybody's there, right? The governor, the mayor, you know, everybody wants to get their picture taken handing out soup. But who's down there today? Right. You know, who's who's hanging out in the soup kitchen today? And what I found is it's it tends to be the people that got soup in that line two weeks ago. The people that know the struggle that it is to be suffering in that time. And because they understand that suffering so much on such a deep level, they can't stand the thought of somebody else suffering. Mm -hmm. And they're motivated to that point to give back. It makes me wonder. What would happen if those were the people that we supported, that we put our time and our love and our effort and our tools and expertise into? I have to think they'd build a better world than we have today. Yeah. I have to think. I have to think so. And so I'm very motivated by that. Now, I, I also want to say that I'm not right for everyone. You know, I, I can't coach or motivate every single kind of person that's out there. Yeah. Um, you know, and I also, I have a strong community bent, so I won't work with any any individual or organization that doesn't have some community bend to them that they're mm -hmm. not trying they don't actively participate in some way or whatever or are not trying to actively find some way to give back it's not mm -hmm. that i don't have a problem with folks that you know the gordon geckos of the world or whatever it's just mm -hmm. i'm probably not the best coach for them mm -hmm. I, and that's a good you know stance to have because i've you know interacted with coaches that don't they just want the client, right? And mm -hmm. it's in their best interest. And, um, you know, uh, it, it, that's just not a great way to, like, first of all, a great way to do your business. Um, it alienates a lot of different people. Yeah. Um, you know, but, and, and then if you don't, if you take on those clients and you don't really help them, you're hurting your business. You're hurting your image. Um, and yeah. Uh, you know, I have talked, like I said, I've talked to a couple different coaches on the show and, and it's always great when you have someone that says, Hey, I'm not, the, I might not be the best coach for, for this type of person or for you, but you know, I've even had someone that says, I I'll refer them to someone who I think they'd be a great fit with. Absolutely. Right? 
So I think that that's a great mentality to have. And again, I know you're not in it for the referrals, but I think that gives you more referrals, at least gives you more connections in that mm-hmm. in a stronger network going, you know what? I, I'm going to talk to that Allen guy because, you know, he, he's been known to take cares away. And, <laughs> and that's what he's we're keep that running joke going here the whole time, even after we're done, <laughs> like people that don't know Alan, I'm going to say, well, you know, you need to know Alan because he takes, just start away. getting random calls. I, I need right. my cares taken away. Like, all right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Patch you through. You're on one. It's me answering the phone, but I'm just going to patch you through, put you on hold, and laugh for a minute. (laughs) You're your own answering service. That's awesome. (laughs) Please hold for Alan. All right. Um, no, but I think, like, like I said, it's so great to have you on the show because of everything that you try to do is exactly what I'm trying to do with that sounds terrific, which is just get people thinking more about giving back yes so if you had a piece of advice for somebody who was looking to become like a coach or or, you know someone like you where do they start i i have a friend and and colleague here in town um so they start in alaska okay yes they (laughs) sorry i have a, a friend here jacqueline summers who likes to say if if you want to figure out your own business, help somebody else in their business, you know, get involved in another startup. What, what my recommendation would be is to, first of all, orient yourself to the community, to the, and, and, and specifically the entrepreneurship community. One Million Cups is a great place to start. The number one, milliongups.com. Uh, that is a, um, a free <clears throat> program that was started by the Kauffman Foundation out of Kansas City, uh, where entrepreneurs meet every week, Wednesday mornings, usually in coffee shops, conference halls, across the fruited plains, over the conversation of what can the entrepreneurial community do to support entrepreneurs. So that's a great place to start. And in those communities, you may meet other business owners, other coaches, other you know investors, uh, accountants, and support personnel throughout the industry. Um, the Small Business Development Center. Every state has one. There's hundreds of them across the country. So there's likely one very close to you, if not uh, maybe a short drive away. Get on their mailing lists. Get on their newsletters. And they'll let you know the events that are coming up. Get to those uh, gatherings. You know, um, in, in coaching, just like anything, right? People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so you've got to get out there and, you know, get those boots on the ground and just show up in the community and do so without expectation. You know, just show up and keep showing up. Yeah. And um, I mean, that's, in my opinion, that's the way it works. Again, like that Labrador, you know, or like that golden retriever, you just keep showing up with your tongue hanging out and your tail wagging. And eventually somebody's going to, you know, they're going to notice you. Yeah. Leads to a lot of different things, networking, mm-hmm. you know, um, I run a career support group on the side, I've mentioned it on the show before, and, you know, having people continue to network after they get that dream job is super important, you know, uh, continue to show up, continue to, to like connect with other businesses and your competitors, like understand why they're your competitors, right? Mm-hmm. A lot yeah. can change um, in your dream job, you know, people get laid off. 
thing. I don't have like, any competitors. Yeah, no, I, ha- I have colleagues. Colleagues, exactly. <laughs> but like, I love all the coaches I've ever met. But you get what I'm saying. I mean, things <laughs> I <I'm> <laughs> change in, in in environments change, and like I've talked a lot about assessment. You know, because again, college, yes. higher education, but like. You could have a really successful program that's been successful for 15 years. It's your biggest money, um, you know, bringer, bringer inner. There's a technical term. The bringer inner. That's yeah. Biggest just, money bringer inner. Yeah. We love language here. We so yes. much so that we will make our own. Make our own. But like the point is, bringer. society might change. Your 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 contracts might change. And if you're not like assessing that as you go along, your biggest money maker might end up being a, the biggest flop. And cause hmm. you to lose your business or or cut employees or things like that. So constantly looking at what competitors are doing, what other businesses are doing, like and you know, are helpful and and communicating gives you more partnerships yeah. or potential partnerships. I'll get that's the best kind of marketing you can have, right? Um, that word of mouth marketing. Um, so cool. Great advice. Loved it. Um so as I alluded to in the beginning of the conversation, aside from your amazing focal point coaching experience, there's a lot of things that you're doing. You've already talked a little bit about, you know, some of the ways that you're you're giving back to community. But what other projects are you working on? Well, who, who is Alan and what else is he up to? <laughs> well, I uh, let's see here. I'm also working on a, uh, on a on a personal project. Well, it's kind of it's professionally linked. Um, but I call it the pivot project. And in my experience, especially working as a uh, public service coach through the pandemic that we just experienced, I, we, we all collectively experienced something together, but not all of us experienced it exactly the same way. Mm-hmm. And through, through that period of time, there were a lot of days where I, I, you know, I would never consider myself to be like a first responder. But in those days, it felt like I was a business first responder, mm-hmm. where uh, we're having conversations with a business owner and holding their hand while their business is, you know, on the table, breathing its last breath. Mm-hmm. And, and that changes, there's so much, you know, that you put pressure and heat on things that's, you know, you get change, you get metamorphosis. Mm-hmm. And I think that we've experienced an amazing metamorphosis over the last two years. Mm-hmm. You know, when you compress people and you tell them they can't do something, they find ways. That's what entrepreneurship is all about. How right. do we do this? Well, we can't do this. It doesn't exist. Well, then we need to invent it. We yeah. need to discover it. We need to find out what that is. And I believe that that happened a lot during this period of time. Sure. And I want to capture those stories. So I've been on a mission to meet with a thousand entrepreneurs nonprofit leaders and and community leaders as well about their experience through the pandemic, specifically looking at ways that they were able to pivot, change directions, or find a way. Um, And also how they were able to lean into and support their community during that time. And man, I have had some amazing conversations, some some Mm -hmm. real fascinating discussions about you know, uh, small pivots or large ones. I, I I was talking to a tourism company that had a whole bunch of buses. And when in March of 2020, you know, it was martial law, right? It was stay in your homes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't go to the store, order takeout. Yeah. Um, 
So nobody, even if tourists were here, they were stuck in their hotels. They couldn't go anywhere and do anything. Sure. So tourism didn't exist. Uh, and they were able to use those buses to support uh, the free lunch program with the schools to deliver that food to the uh, students that uh, that needed it. Yep. So, I mean, those are amazing stories. It's amazing, yeah. you know. Um, and, and I love that feeling I get when I'm reminded that that humans care about other humans. Mm-hmm. And you don't always see it. I mean, there's all, always examples, and we can all think of times that the opposite is the case. But when you confirm the human condition as being real and authentic, it's just such an amazing and personal thing for me. Yeah, and I, I had the pleasure of, of being interviewed by you for that, and I thank you for that. It was a cool experience. Hopefully, I, short, I shared some amazing stories and turning points as well. Got a whole chapter. I yeah, I got a whole, things. yeah, a whole volume reference set. Yes. Um, no, but in the don't section, I'll let you figure out which one you're in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, but we'll definitely have in the show notes how to get in touch with Alan, uh, and specifically about this project as well. Um, yes, I'd I, love I, that. I, I think it'd be really you. cool, um, for others to have that opportunity to speak with you one on one and talk about how they pivoted. Because the show, like, as I shared with you, um, was a pivot in itself, like, that sounds yeah. terrific, came about because of the pandemic, because I was looking for work and, uh, you know, I needed a way, um, you know, to kind of get myself out there a little bit more and kind of explore not only the world, but myself again. Right. I had been so used to doing a specific job and, and and never thought about changing that. Right. And and now I'm in a great, great position where I I do some similar things to what you're doing, you know, connecting people and, and doing business engagement for the center of excellence is data science and U of R. And I can't tell you how many times I've set up a call with someone like yourself to talk about maybe the podcast. And all of a sudden we're talking about data science, or I'm like, this would be a great data science uh, business to connect with. And all of a sudden we're talking about the, you know, nonprofit that they fund on the side and how they need help getting the word out there. And it's a passion because of whatever. Um, but going back to like some of the points that I think you've been making all along the way, it's, it's all about those connections and they can happen anywhere. And so when you have a business that you said, like is on the table, you're holding that hand of that CEO or that entrepreneur watching their business and their livelihood fail in front of them and die. It's an important to remember. And I think you are alluding to this is that from death comes life, right? That's right. So that pivot transformation, transformation, exactly. And that's got to be a really horrible, like moment to be in at the time, like where this person is just like, what am I going to do? But to be at that next point where they realize here's the pivot and here's what it's going to become. And then the success from that pivot, that's got to be an amazing feeling. Do you have, I'm sure you have a lot of stories, but do you have a story that's really coming to you right now that you could share about a moment of a like of, of a pivot like that. Well, I, I think it's important to recognize that not everyone is able to do that, mm-hmm. and and that's okay too. You know, I'm not judging anyone or standing in a position of saying, you know, uh, the good business owner does this and the yeah, bad business owner does that. It's not that. Yeah, not everyone is is able to quickly pick up those pieces. Some people, you know, will will suffer that experience 
and uh, and boom, right back into corporate America or right back into whatever, you know, and 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 that's that's their journey, perhaps. And that's OK. And maybe they come back and, and, and try a business or something different at another point in time. Mm-hmm. Other people, bam, you know, you want a great example of a pivot. So I'm an Android guy, you know, full disclosure. But um, Steve Jobs, mm-hmm. you know, started a company with a with a buddy in his garage to make computers. And the one person's like, you know, Wozniak's like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we had a computer? And Steve Jobs is like, wouldn't wouldn't it be cool if we sold a computer to everyone in the country? Yeah. Boom, the thing explodes. And then what happens? He got fired from his own company. You know, and if you launched, I mean, a company that was iconic Mm -hmm. in a particular industry, and then you get canned from your own board. You know, how many, how many business owners would consider that the end? They'd be like, well, mm-hmm. you know, we took a bite of the apple. It was fun. Got all these, you know, bite of the apple. stock options here. I'm just going to ride out the rest of my time in Tahiti or whatever. Yeah. That's not what he did. You know, he licked his wounds. He came back. He created Next Computing. He started a little company called Pixar. I don't know if any of y'all ever heard of that, mm-hmm. um, that eventually got sold to Disney. And then when he came back, I think it was 19, was it 97? Or 87, 97, I don't remember. Anyways, when he came yeah. back to Apple, when he was hired back at Apple, he came back with just a completely new perspective, a fresh perspective mm-hmm. and um, new mission, vision. He went back to his the beginning, re, re, um, um, re uh, uh, analyzed his, his mm-hmm. core values. And from that, he was able to come up with the iPod, the mm-hmm. iPhone, the iPad, you know, things that now, I mean, how iconic do you have to be to get an entire generation named after you? You know, mm-hmm. now we're calling, yeah. you know, Gen Everything Z is an... our gen. So yeah. it's, you know, that's, I think, if you, in, in, in any situation, there's a great book called Positive Intelligence by Shirzad Chimin. Um, and in that book, he talks about there's there's a gift for each of these things. There's a gift of uh, of knowledge or a gift of strength. Mm-hmm. And so in these moments, when you're just suffering this unbelievable setback mm-hmm. the 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 best thing we can do is look for those lessons you know look for what can i carry away from this that makes me a better person mm-hmm. alan and, you're you're a gift whoa yeah i think you know what you do and these connections that you're you know helping my audience to make the connections that you're helping others to see um and your community is becoming more connected. So I, I love it. You're absolutely right um, that not everybody is able to pivot. It's very individual. And the pivot might take a long time, right? Yeah. Mine mine took over a year. And it wasn't complete. Like, I'm like, I want to get out of higher ed. I went as the <laughs> Alzheimer's Association. I loved what I was doing. It was a great organization, great way to give back but it wasn't the right fit for me. And I found myself where back in higher ed in a role (laughs) that I never, ever thought I would get because of some of the rules, the unspoken rules in higher ed. Um, There's probably a position. If my friend had not told me you should try out for this, this is the best, this is a great position for you. um, I, I probably would have never applied for it. Um, But I was able to do that because of you know sort of a mental change and a pivot in me that took a long slow burn you know to happen so but what you're saying just makes great sense and um thank you 
all I have to say. <laughs> well, a big part of it is 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 fighting back the shame. Mm-hmm. You know, shame is a killer. Shame yeah. 100. I've seen it so many times where amazing human beings have just been dropped to their knees from shame and never returned from it. Mm-hmm. And so in those moments, a lot of times people are like, you know, I'm ruined and it's all my fault. I'll give you a, a personal example. Mm-hmm. In 2007, I opened my my third cafe, <clears throat> downtown Anchorage. And uh, I, I, I crushed it. My first two, I, I opened my first location and I paid the rent the first day. You know, it was, it was amazing mm-hmm. how good things went. When I got to my third location, all of my market research was wrong. It was a completely different market. I wasn't selling to Alaskans, selling to tourists. Right. And surprise, you know, if somebody's coming up here from Atlanta, maybe they don't like coffee as much as we do up here where it's cold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so I, I got soaked on that deal. It hit me for about 40 grand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I don't remember the, the number. It's like a fish now. It keeps getting yeah. bigger. Yeah. Story. yeah. <laughs> it's $4 million. Uh, it was, yeah, I lost, I, I lost a couple bill on that one. You know, it was, uh, it's so much to invest in a coffee shop. I should have known better, but whatever. Yeah. Um, but that was one, like, I mean, I built the counter myself in my neighbor's garage. We, you know, put in pastry cases. It was a whole mobile unit and everything. So it was, I put a lot of love into that one. And, uh, and I realized like two or three weeks in, but I had a, I'd made a commitment to the sure. to building there. They said, look, if you tap out three weeks in, I can't get somebody else in here. So yeah. you got to stick it out for the summer. And so if I was a smart person, I would have said, all right, I'll send you your rent check in the mail every month, but I ain't coming back. Right. But, you know, I remembered my, my dad, you know, when I was a little kid being like, when you make a commitment, son, you need to honor those things. Yeah. So been there, you know, I stuck it out through the summer. And when I closed that business, I think the biggest thing for me was that, all of the, uh, you know, the, the the good feelings that I had about my skills as a business owner were now gone. And and they were replaced by, you know, look what you did to your family. Mm-hmm. You know, look what you did to your employees. Everyone else has to pick up the pieces for your mistake. And that shame is a killer. You know, that's, I, I would spare anyone that if I can. You know what? It's too late for that. You made the mistake, maybe, or maybe it's not even your fault. Maybe whatever the yeah. case may be, however you find yourself in this situation, it doesn't matter whose fault mm-hmm. it is. What matters is where you go from here. How do we pick up, pick back up and find our way back or find our way on to the next destination? And what I found, and actually not what I found, I read a study about this later. Mm-hmm. Let me not pat myself on the back for something I didn't do. <laughs> I read a study about this, that the difference between the most successful entrepreneurs and, and those that are not the most successful is how quickly they can get back up on their feet after a mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Failure is not the antithesis of success. It's just a step in the process. Yeah. It's a learning opportunity and every... Every failure can bring you to a different, you know, different solution. Yep. <clears throat> it could be a different kind of company, you know? And, mm-hmm. and it's so funny because there's there's some, not some, there's a lot of entrepreneurs that maybe they don't even fail at something. They do something so well yeah. that th- they're done with it. Now let's move on to something else, right? Um, so very cool. So Alan, you've given us a lot of great advice. Um, you've given us a lot of thoughts that we, you know, ha- need to compile and think about, right? Um, if you could give, like, you know, one more 
you know, piece of advice, something that maybe you live by or you find um, very helpful in your day-to-day life, what would that be? Get really clear on where you want to go. You know, where whatever that means. You know, in today, if if you're in job A and you want to be in job B, get really clear on what that looks like. Um, if if you want to start your own business, you know, think about and, and try and visualize as much as you can what that's all about. You want to lose weight, visualize, start by getting really clear on your point B, on where you want to go. The clearer that becomes, the more that you can visualize, you know, that point B, the more real it becomes. And then what I found, well, let me back up a step. Next step is figuring out what's in the way. You know, why am I not there already? Why, why can't I have what I want? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then figuring out how to overcome those things. But what I found is when you know, when you know, like, you know, what you want, when that vision becomes clear. It's almost like a Star Wars tractor beam just pulls you towards your goal, you know? And and yeah. and to, to prove this, have you ever seen children, how they approach problem solving? I mean, it's impressive. Kids will fail hundreds of times trying to get the cookies off the countertop. You know, they'll, they'll bring in a, uh, you know, a, a step stool. And then on top of that, they put the dining room table and then a bread box and, you know, a Lego, whatever. And... Yeah. So, yeah. But really get clear on where you want to go, on what that future vision is. And the more clear you can get, the more real that feels for you, then the more the present tense starts to taste a little bit more bitter. Mm-hmm. And the more you really pine and desire that future. And when you desire that future strong enough, you know, there's, and you have the right help guide along the way, whatever, there's nothing that can stop you. Amazing, Alan. I, I can't think of a better way to end this. You're a, have been a terrific guest. You're a terrific coach. Great advice. And I, I'm looking forward to hearing more about um, your own personal study on people pivoting. Um, so if you need to get in contact with Alan, tech, check out the uh, show notes and make sure you connect with him because he will change your life for the better. And it's not because he's looking to be your business coach. He's looking to be your friend. I love it. So thank you, Alan, for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you for joining us in another episode of That Sounds Terrific. Don't forget to check out the show notes and our website at thatsoundsterrific.com to find the contact information and the best ways to volunteer with the organizations that we feature. If you know someone that is doing terrific things and think they should be featured in a future episode, be sure to email us their name, contact info, and short description of what they're doing at thatsoundsterrific at gmail.com. If you like our show, give us a five-star rating and give us some social media love by liking our Facebook page, That Sounds Terrific. Follow us on on Twitter at Sounds Terrific 2 and Instagram at Sounds Terrific. We love hearing your feedback on how to make our show sound even more terrific. Till next time.